In this great confidence, we read today and hear today the gospel of Jesus the Christ, coming from Matthew chapter 14, beginning with verse 22. Jesus and the disciples have just fed 5,000 men besides the women and children. When we read, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side while Jesus dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed the crowds, Jesus went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, Jesus came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost. They cried out in fear, but Jesus immediately spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when Peter noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, began to sink, crying out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached his hand out and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. Let's pray together, please. Holy Speaker, you speak the language of the human heart, and you have the capacity. even when we are resistant, to speak to us in a way that can call and evoke and transform and encourage us to be the people you're calling us to be now, today, for this moment. So, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen. Well, we've got one of these very difficult and very confounding miracles, nature miracles, where Jesus walks on the water and Simon Peter walks on the water. It's a pretty cool trick. If you're into tricks, it's a cool trick. If you're into a little hocus-pocus, a little razzle-dazzle, this is it, man, walking on the water. But there's more here, and we know it. And if there's ever a day that it feels like God gave the church a text, this is one of these days. Because this is our calling. This is our invitation. Jesus and Simon Peter walking on the water is a rally cry for the church. Not just Highland, 
but the church of Jesus Christ in America especially, but all around the world, to rise up and stand and conquer our strongest and fiercest forces that fight against us. Forces of darkness and violence. Forces of callous disdain for all that's sacred and good and honorable and true. Walking on the water is a miracle of God to give courage and encouragement to the church today to trust that we can do what we're called on to do, that we have what we need, and that if we're willing to place our lives on the line and not bend the knee and be drowned by the false gods of scarcity and division and fear and hatred and lies, we can see and be part of the transforming work of love in the world. Whoa. I told someone earlier this morning that for me it feels like 20 years of ministry together has now come to this, this kind of moment where we're called on to bear witness to the faith that God has shown to us. To understand this miracle this morning, I'm going to try to set it within the larger frame of Matthew chapter 14 because I think it's very important that we see how all of these things fit together and really how they compare to the world we live in now. We read read the passage Perry read for us from Genesis, the story of Joseph's brothers, how they treated their own flesh and blood. And we know that's not just an old story. That's today's news. In Jesus' time, it had to do with his cousin John. John had been the forerunner, they call him, of this movement that Jesus has started to try to help the church, help the, the, the people of God remember who they were and come back to this place of fidelity and faithfulness of, of, of all that they are and did. But John is rejected by the people. The political powers of the day arrest him and Jesus gets word at the beginning of Matthew 14 that John the Baptist has not only been executed, he's been beheaded. Man, they're they're, they're defiling his body. They put his head on a platter, think of this, and presented it to the highest bidder. That's darkness. That is is anti-human. That is anti-life. It is certainly anti-God. When through fear and power and greed, we lose sight of who we are. Friends, we're in danger as a people of losing sight of who we are and who we're called to be. For today we see the same dark death anti-life force even in our own country an affront to values of diversity and harmony, of abundance and room for all, which for us is our understanding of the gospel. We're not just talking about politics. We're talking about the gospel of Jesus who is the Christ. And we can either look forward or we can look backward. And we can either go forward with God or we can go backward with the forces of darkness on issues of race and poverty and taking care of the poorest and taking care of the creation. We have a culture that's being threatened to be returned 
to a place where kindness is mocked and loyalty is disdained and bullying is called leadership and truth-telling is open to the interpretation of whoever tells the truth. Adrian Mari Brown says things aren't getting worse, really. They're just being uncovered. When Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been beheaded, we read that he withdrew. He went inside to himself. He tried to recollect and connect himself with God. That's what we do when we listen to God, when we go inside and withdraw and listen to the God within us. It's like we tell our children to listen to your body. Listen to God within you. And you will know what, it, what to do. You'll know what is right and good and true and honorable and faithful. But Jesus' withdrawal is interrupted. The crowd has followed him. And so he goes with the moment. He has compassion on them. He cures their sick. That's what Jesus and Jesus' people do in the midst of troubles. Even with news of John the Baptist just having hit his ears, he's still compassionate. He's still curing the sick. He's still doing the work of love. That's what we're called to do. We never lose who we are. We love, we make place, we don't waste anyone or anything. We live life with great joy, and in so doing, we trust that God will give us what we need. God will give us what we need. And so last week, we read in the text of how the disciples came to Jesus and said, We've, this has been a good day with all these people, but now send them away because they're going to get hungry, and we don't have anything to feed them. And Jesus said, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And you'll recall the story of how they said, we have scarcity. We don't have enough. We have five loaves, two fishes. It's not enough for all these people. Jesus took it. He broke it. He blessed it. He gave it to them and said, give it to the people. And everyone was fed. 5,000 men. Oh, yeah. There was also women and children there. Twelve baskets left over. Abundance, there is enough. And it came not just from Jesus being a Pez dispenser, but rather it came from the people. Jesus said, you give them something to eat, and they did. They had what they needed to meet the moment's need. Which brings us to today's reading, where for the second time, Jesus sends away the disciples and the crowd, and it says he went up the mountain by himself to pray to connect to that which is center and central to God, to orient himself to God. And he had a whole evening alone. I envision Jesus taking Psalm 105 as we did in our order of worship and reading, remembering the wonderful works God has done, the miracles, the the judgments that God has uttered, and remembering who he was. It's why we do what we do every Sunday, to remember who we are. Because there's another voice out there that is trying to give us a different narrative of who we are. And so church, in some ways, is a form of resistance, holy resistance to the forces of darkness. And when we gather here in this place, we are doing a revolutionary thing. For we're reminding ourselves that there is a higher calling. There is a God 
who loves us and is calling us into this amazing work. But by morning, the disciples were in trouble. Jesus finishes his praying, and by morning, the disciples are in trouble. They're out to sea. They're far from land, and their boat is being battered. It says the wind is against them. There is a fight going on. And we can interpret this in one of two ways. This can be a one-time event that happened in Jesus' life, kind of a one-off at the Sea of Galilee, and just focus right in on what happened 2,000 years ago. Or we're in the great tradition of religious language and imagery. We can recognize that this is a story about the unknown, the sea and the waves, things that are not conquered, things we cannot resolve, things that we're compelled to go into and face, even though they may swallow us. But we've got to go. We've got to stand up against them. And the disciples are afraid. And we're a little bit afraid today, if we're honest. If you've been reading and watching, you, you see this growing uh, uncovering of, of hatred and fear and greed and violence. It's always been here, but it's been covered up and now it's out in the open we're talking about winds of war here we're talking about echoes of primal racism here we're talking about strident voices of nationalism we're talking about xenophobia the fear of the stranger here and it's dangerous and we have a right to be afraid at one level Some of you are as old as I am remember the old TV show MASH where, uh, ironically, about, of all things, the Korean War, they talk about this hospital that that is the theme of the story, the, the main bit of the story. They're under sniper attack. Hospitals aren't supposed to be places where, are supposed to be places that are safe from, from the fighting, but a sniper's attacking the hospital. So they put some guards on the perimeter, young privates, Young, young men and women just out of high school practically. Colonel Potter goes up to one of them and says, Son, are you afraid? No, 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 sir. He says, I'm, I'm not afraid. Potter put his arm around the young soldier and said, Son, if you had any brains, you'd be afraid right now. There are times to be afraid. There are times to recognize that we live in very troubled times. But before the disciples can even ask, can even cry out, it says early in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. Which is to say that in the very midst of the fear and the danger and the weight that would drag us to our death, at that very moment when Herod has John the Baptist's head on the platter and the poor and the powerless are forgotten, in that very moment when racism and ugliness and death and fear and hatred are on the rise, here comes this sacred presence, this light, this truth, 
that rises above all of the, the unknown, the unconquered, the unresolved, and comes to us and says, take heart. It is I. Ego I me. I am. Just as God said to Moses at the burning bush, take heart. I am. Don't be afraid. In the midst of fearful things, don't be afraid. Church, this is a word for us. In the present crisis, we cannot be afraid. We cannot be hysterical. We cannot be reactionary. We cannot fight fire with fire. We have to remember who we are. Don't be afraid. But Simon Peter, he knows that there's more to following Jesus. He says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out of the boat and be with you. Let me do what you do. Let me stand with you in the storm. And Jesus says to Simon Peter and to the early church and to the 21st century church, come, come. You can defeat the forces of violence and compassionless love with the force and the truth of God. We have what we need. So Matthew says, Peter got out of the boat. And he started walking on the water toward Jesus. This walking on the water is not a trick. It's a way. It's a witness. It is a winning strategy. But when Peter noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. Lord, save me. That will happen. We're we're going to lose our nerve from time to time. We're going to sink when we look down, when we forget to look forward and we look down and we get distracted by the wind. When there's too much news going on, you know it's possible to listen to too much news, right? Do you know that? Turn it off. Pray. Or when at work or home or in this new school year coming up, it just seems too much to handle. Lord. Save me. And Jesus reaches out his hand and grabs Simon Peter and says, You of little faith, why'd you doubt? I don't think Jesus is scolding Simon Peter. He's not shaming him. He's not saying, Man, if you had more faith, you could walk on this water. I think what he's saying is inviting him and encouraging him and reminding him that when you start to sink, I will be with you always which is what he said at the very end of Matthew. Remember, I'm with you always, even to the very end. Martin Luther King said that cowardice asked the question, is it safe? Is it safe? That's what cowardice asks. Consensus asks the question, is it popular? Will people like this decision? But conscience asks the question, is it right? Is it right? When we know it's right, we leave the boat 
we traverse the chaos and the unknown, and we go to where Jesus is, and we do the work of love. I've used the image before from the Disney movie Aladdin, where Aladdin, floating on this magic carpet in thin air, comes up to the palace, which is really the prison for Princess Jasmine, extends his hand to her and says, Come on, do you trust me? And there's this moment of hesitation before she takes his hand and steps out into thin air and onto the magic carpet. And the carpet begins to fly, and the music comes up that sings, I can show you the world. Because if we will trust, we will be shown the world, all of its beauty. The choir sang for the beauty of the earth. There is goodness in life, but we'll also see this dark underbelly, and we will not be afraid. Why? We're the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. In the end, after much blood, pain, and conflict, O God, we know that love will win. And so we live and work in the name of the resurrected Jesus, who has shown us this way, truth, and life, until the day when all is complete in your dream of love. In your holy name we pray. Amen.